my name is Owen Walsh, and you're listening to the latest episode of Cabin Fever. Less a podcast than a group therapy session for writers, brewers, and friends from around the world who like to enjoy a beer together, but can't for now. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and under normal circumstances, we'd get together in the pub and thrash out our ideas over a beer or two. But we can't, because most of us now live in countries where it's impossible to go outside, never mind nip around the corner for a drink. So, we thought, we'd do it remotely. And on each episode of Cabin Fever, I'll be joined by friends from around the world to share a beer, to talk through our lives and to process what we're dealing with, and sometimes just have a bit of a moan. Listen in. I'm delighted to be joined this evening on the latest episode of Cabin Fever by my next three guests. Uh, Jen Ferguson, co-owner of London-based award-winning bottle shop, Hot Burns and Black. Hi, Jen. Hello. How's it going? By Evan Pike, co-host of the Pints and Provisions podcast based in Illinois in the US. Hi, Evan. Hey, how are you doing? And by Martin Oates, co-host of the UK's longest-running beer podcast, Opinions. Is that true, Martin? Um, so Steve keeps telling me. <laughs> uh, as is customary at the beginning of the podcast, we're just going to go around the, the room, well, the, the virtual room, and check in with everybody, see how they're doing and what, what they are drinking. So maybe, Jen, why don't you go first? Tell me what you're drinking and how you're doing. Well, I'm drinking a brand new beer. Came in this afternoon all the way from Bristol, from Left Handed Giant. It is um, a, it's called Seven Sacred Pools. It's a hazy IPA. It's uh, full of hops, cryo citra, cryo simcoe, cryo amarillo, Nelson <laughs> Sobin, centennial. Um, wow. Yeah, fresh fresh off the boat. Um, it, is, it is very nice. 7%, which is a little bit high for a Monday, but it doesn't count now, does it? School no, nights the, are no longer school nights, so uh, anything goes. That's exactly it. And how are you? How are you coping with that? Well, it's been a weird, <laughs> um, weird time for us because you know while everyone else is in lockdown, um, we are probably as as busy, if not busier, than we've ever been. Um, so, so yeah, we're, we're kind of almost you know looking forward to a, a chance to to put our feet up. Whereas you know I imagine most other people are would be amping to get out of the house but um yeah it's a it's an, it's an odd time because we do feel like we're very much kind of flipped to to what the majority of the uh, the world's currently going through <laughs> yeah and we can definitely get into how you're dealing with that and what kind of adaptations you've had to make because i know you just got off a delivery run this evening um but before we do that we'll check in maybe next with uh evan how are you doing and what are you drinking evan um today's a monday it feels kind of odd not to be going into work i think i had a rather Lovely weekend with the weather and kind of feeling like uh, one of those early spring days where you usually don't get it this nice. And then Monday comes around thinking I should be going to work, but I'm not. And so that's kind of frustrating in and itself. Um, I pulled out a Funk Factory Guzzeria, which is, uh, I'm going to get the Lambic police all over me, but this a um, Lambic style or what what some of you like to call an Amlam, but it's a peak <laughs> mirrored. Uh, so it's a 4.5% um, Mirtz uh, from them. They're up in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, and they condition this on some peaches. And so for a Monday afternoon here at 2 o'clock, uh, it seems appropriate. Yeah, you don't want to be diving into the double IPAs or anything quite yet. No, sir. <laughs> and Martin, running out the, the room, how are you doing and what are you drinking? Uh, not doing too bad. Hello to everyone. Um, I have decided to drop down quite considerably the ABV uh, compared to Jen and Evan. Um, you caught me on a dry day, actually. So I'm, uh-huh. having, I'm having a beer from Big Drop Brewing Co., um, a collaboration they did with Four Pure 
uh, last year called Big River Black IPA, which comes in at 0.5%. And they're the, they're the ones who, they only do low no alcohol beers, isn't that right? Yes, that is their speciality. And so last year they did uh, four collaborations. One of them happened to be with Four Pure. And it's probably what I thought was the best of the option, uh, uh, a low, well, an alcohol-free black IPA, effectively. Yeah. And how are you getting on? Um, I've tried it once before, and I'm enjoying it. I think, actually, I'm preferring it more than the uh, first time I did it. Me and Steve did it as part of a low and no show. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's refreshing. I'd had a few beers at the weekend, so and I'm having a few beers tomorrow night. In fact, I'm getting grief from my, from my wife, because apparently I'm out two nights running this week, both on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> What are you going to do? There's well, not much else to do, is there? Well, exactly. You've got to go out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and come here to me, Martin. Um, I saw you guys just recorded an episode for the, for the show for Opinions. How are you and Steve, who's the co-host, how are you finding that sort of remote recording? It's, it's, it's new for us. Now, Steve, in his previous life with his uh, original co-host, Mark, we used to do all their shows via Skype. However, we've always done our shows in person at the same place, wherever that may be. Um, so for us, this was, for me, it was definitely quite a new way of doing it. Um, we've decided at the moment to use Skype so that we can still see each other and have the visual cues as well. Um, and essentially, it's going to be a weekly rather than bi-weekly. It'll be a bit of a trimmed down show um, and hopefully just bring a bit of a light into the madness for for some of our regular listeners yeah um the most recent episode of yours that i listened to was the visit you did to cheska budjovica to visit the budvar brewery that must seem like a lifetime ago at this point oh it was um you know it was like the week before the february half term so second week of february um we had spring light weather in prague we had uh, snow while we were in a UNESCO World Heritage Village while we were there as well, which looked picture postcard. Um, and yeah, I so lucky that we got the chance to do it in the first place, but now feels twice as lucky if that's possible, bearing in mind the situation we find ourselves in, you know, about two months later. It just, it doesn't feel like it was only eight weeks ago. No, and I can't imagine you would have been thinking then this could be our last trip of 2020. Oh, God, no. No, and at the moment, that's a, re- a very real possibility, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Sorry to be depressing all, all the way. To be. Usually, <laughs> usually, usually we keep the depressing stuff towards the end. Um, and Jen, maybe we can... We were just talking about it. I mean, you were mentioning it, the sort of shift in the business model and, and how things are going. Like, when did you realize, you and Glenn, uh, who you co-own the business with, when did you realize that you were going to have to shift 100% online and, and how long... Like how much did, thought did you have to give to that? Well, it's, yeah, I think we were we, we did a, we took a lot of major decisions quite early on. You know, we stopped drinking in store back on the thirteenth of March, which seems like eons ago now. Um, yeah. we, we started local deliveries that same week, and actually by the time um, Sunday rolled around, I think it was a Sunday the twenty second, um, we had already taken that decision to um, to close the the physical stores. Um, so so yeah, so it's been about two weeks online only. Um, yeah, it's. I suppose we're in a kind of really lucky position that we already had a, a fully functioning, you know, finely tuned online shop. So it was really easy for us to to pivot to to go one hundred percent online. But um, at the same time, you know, doing that um, has meant kind of halving our team. We had a team of, of seven people, and yeah. um, 
yeah, we, we felt really determined that we didn't want to make our staff put themselves at risk just to come to work to sling beer and wine. You know, we love beer, we love wine, we love hot sauce. Um, but yeah, none of this is worth getting sick over. Yeah. Certainly not worth dying for. So, so yeah, so we made the decision to kind of furlough four of our staff and just move to a core team of Glenn and myself. Obviously, we live together, so we've got our own little uh, own little bubble. And uh, John, our online manager, who also drives to work. So we, you know, the thought that we were bringing people on public transport to the shops just felt really wrong. So, so yeah, so it's been about two weeks now. It's keeping us really busy because we're doing all of the, you know, these local deliveries ourselves. Um, but on the you know on the flip side while we're working our butts off it is brilliant to have an opportunity to get out of the house and i think we actually <laughs> feel really privileged because you know london is you know it's it's amazing out there it's, it's there's not very yeah. many cars on the road uh, the pollution levels have gone gone way down so we're delivering all over southeast london which has got a lot of hills and the vantage points yeah you can see right across the city and it's just spectacular so it's yeah we, we do feel really privileged to be able to do this yeah i mean it must be quite eerie driving through the streets then streets that normally would be probably presumably chock-a-block yeah, definitely. We were coming back um, just around Canary Wharf, I think, the other day, and on a, on a piece of motorway that would usually just be absolute gridlock, and there was not a car on the road. It was re- it was like twenty eight days later. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah, and how is business then? I mean, is it compare? Like, are you able to compare it with say, let's say, this time last year, or is it? completely like a, just a different mindset oh now. it's a, a different mindset at all i mean we've um, we, we coined a term for it, shit christmas um you know <laughs> it, it's like christmas levels of sales probably probably even more i think i think march you know weirdly was was our biggest month of trading we'd ever had but it's hard to take any pleasure in that whatsoever because it's such for such an awful reason and um, you know it's yeah it's a, it's a very weird feeling um you know, but it's also it's quite quite lovely. Like especially on on Friday night, for example, we're d- doing deliveries, you know, until about eight o'clock, I think, on Friday. And even yeah. though weekends essentially don't count anymore because we're all locked in, no one's going out. Um, just being able to deliver pe- to beer to people on on a Friday night, um, people are keeping that that spirit going. Um, it was like little boxes of joy. It was really really uh, heartwarming. Yeah, I mean, I imagine. You know, the seven-day week or the five-day week is sort of hardwired into us for a little bit longer now. I think maybe in a couple of months' time, who knows how we will have degenerated. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, um, you know, the whole... I think I saw a good tweet. I can't remember who did it this this, this morning, but, but essentially um, we, we've kind of moved to, to any time of day is all right for drinking, like airport drinking, I think. You know, it's all right to, to have a beer, whatever the time is, if you're at the airport. And I think we're getting towards that stage here now. Yeah, yesterday was the first day when I snuck a beer in at dinner time, um, which is which is not something I usually do because I try to keep sharp when I'm trying to put the children to bed. But I thought it's Sunday evening, it's twenty degrees outside, you know, let the hair down just just for once. It's uh, the two the two biggest well the three biggest things um, that we've seen uh, fly out the door is red wine. People are drinking a lot of red wine. Um, there's a lot of obviously the sessional beers. You know, people are buying. Beers like, for example, Gypsy Hill Hepcat or Brick Brewery Peck and Pale, Colonel Pale Ale, they're, they're buying them by the case. But also, people are buying a lot of double IPAs. I think there's, oh, yeah. a, um, there's a, yeah, let's, 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 go, let's go to town. Let's drink, drink a little bit, but let's, uh, let's make it count. Let's try yeah. and just forget about the, the worries of the world for, for five minutes, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, Evan, I mean, we were only just talking at the weekend, weren't we? Yeah. 
about about coping and getting through because you're a, you're an avid home brewer as well aren't you yeah that's uh one thing that actually has picked up pace uh, at least at my house with my day-to-day job and just to set the you know stage being an ophthalmologist or an eye doctor isn't like frontline crucial medical services um but it's interesting you know our national academy organizations have kind of told us and recommended that we go down to simply uh, applying emergent and urgent care only and so uh, our office which usually can see foot traffic of 500 people a day is now probably seeing less than 100 people a day Um, and that may even dwindle down as the wave of infections kind of starts to hit our community because we'll probably be uh, behind when it comes to, you know, we're downstate of Chicago, so we'll see things come down here a little bit later in terms of yeah. numbers of infections and severity of infections and overrunning the hospitals and stuff. But um, it's kind of just that eerie waiting to see when it's going to hit, but it really hasn't hit, you know, the people we know and the, the people we work with on a day-to-day basis and not being able to, to go and do the things that I trained all my life to do has been frustrating. But then again, yeah. As I've always told my mom, uh, I'm so glad that she um, encouraged me to do biochemistry in college because that's been uh, homebrewing has been the greatest um, uh, applicability to that now in my uh, my my at home life. So the homebrewing has picked up quite a bit. Um, I've been able to pass out the beers, which is kind of fun. So uh, I did a maple coffee uh, kind of breakfast out in the winter time. That's uh, been able to. Uh, get out to some friends and I'll drop it at their doorstep. I currently have a kind of a West Coast double IPA, you know, what you would think like a Pliny the Elder sitting in the mm. fermenter now. And, you know, just to plug uh, the the brewery world a little bit more, as we all like to do now, um, if you didn't see other half came out with this idea called the altogether uh, IPA or the altogether beer um, to get everybody, every brewery to try to brew the same beer. And then we can all gather it what we can locally from the places that do it and compare and as a home brewer they did also put out a five gallon recipe uh so we can scale it down and so i'm going to do that this week and that'll be kind of fun to collectively contribute to you know what the hospitality and beer industry is trying to do to support the people that you know they employ and the people that have lost their jobs and have been furloughed in their respective markets yeah, and it'd be interesting for you as a home brewer to be able to see how yours stacks up with the interpretations of breweries around. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that's now available for home brewers is like having professional equipment at home. So <laughs> I've, I've fully scaled up, you know, stainless steel in my house rather than the five-gallon plastic bucket. So it, it makes you feel professional while also being able to do it at a scale that, you know, you can enjoy and make a lot of different stuff and, and see what it's like uh, with different styles. Yeah, and you know, if things get really, really, really bad, you'll still have beer while the rest of us are floundering around, you know, <laughs> drinking dry, drinking dry the stocks that we have in our in our in our basements. Yeah, I know, and I tried to stock up on like your typical malts, and uh, yeast is pretty e- easily uh, easily obtainable still through the mail. So getting ingredients will still be able to be done. So yeah, come over to my house when when it re- gets real dark. <laughs> and and something I always like to talk to people on the show about is you know things that they're trying to do in order to cope with either the the load that they have at home or sort of the stress. I know we talked at the weekend about getting out on the bike was a big thing for you to be able to just you know kick off you know kick off some dust off the brain. Yeah, and amazing how 
much we all yearn for social interactions and being around people. Uh, biking is one of those things where, yes, I can now I still do it. And obviously I've done it with lots of people and you go on group rides, but as a solitary, you know, activity, it actually is quite cathartic to get out there, just listen to the wind, listen to the gravel, see nature and kind of get outside rather than being coped up, cooped up uh, inside all the time. Yeah. And it's great that you can do that because I know so much sporting activities have been canceled so much cultural. I mean, essentially there is no cultural life now outside of Netflix or Amazon prime or whatever streaming service you choose. I know Jen, we were talking off, off mic about how, how much you feel that when it comes to music and gigs, because obviously music is a big part of the shop for you guys. It is. And, you know, a lot of our friends are musicians, you know, we've got um, friends also, you know, who organize festivals and it's such an incredibly uncertain time for, for them, you know, that their, their, their livelihoods have pretty much dried up. Um, and for, for us, you know, as, as a punter, um, you know, the biggest thing affecting us is, is, is the fact that we have no gigs to go to for the, for the foreseeable. Um, you know, obviously Glastonbury was, was coming up for us and a couple of other festivals. And it's just hard to even imagine how we will ever go back to, to something like an outdoor festival. Um, yeah, Glastonbury's always had hand sanitizer, but it's never really done much good. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I can't imagine it was wildly in use either. No, they're always empty, I think, every time you go with those bottles of pump. But, um, yeah, I think what I've noticed the most is um, is the lack of celebrations. You know, yeah, summer's coming. Generally, by this time, we're all starting to get excited. And we're starting, you know, just little celebrations, things like, you know, we were right now supposed to be on a plane going to L.A. for a friend's wedding anniversary celebration. Um, and obviously that flight was cancelled weeks ago. You know, we on Saturday night had to hold a, a virtual leaving party. We were supposed to be DJing at our local pub. Our land, the landlord of seven years is, is moving away to Margate, but yeah, it's a, it's a celebration that couldn't happen. So we did it virtually. We've yeah, other things like weddings. We cater a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of customers weddings. And of course it's just these, these things of everyday life that just, don't don't happen anymore and I'm very uncertain as to when they will happen um, an example you know just shown by the number of um, bottles of champagne we've sold over the last month usually what we would have sold a lot and I think we had our first champagne sale today one bottle okay and, you know celebration people are finding different ways to celebrate but it's 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 hard there's so much of life <clears throat> that you realize is um is kind of been put on hold for a long time yeah I mean I've had two well, they're not toddlers anymore, but my youngest daughter was four and my eldest daughter was six in the space of the last two weeks. So all birthday parties have been cancelled. They're not allowed to see their friends. I'm sort of clinging on to the hope that I'll be able to celebrate my birthday um, on June 9th. Um, anyone, any listeners out there, feel free to send me birthday presents. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even that's, who knows, you know? That was about the first thing I was ready to, or the, I'm sorry, the last thing I uh, went to go do is to start planning for my birthday this summer with the local brewery in town talk about a recipe brew a batch of beer for the birthday have a, and then the next day it was like closed 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 governor shut things down so yeah i feel you and martin i couldn't let you come on the podcast and not talk about your beloved liverpool um <laughs> for any non-sports listeners out there a football team which used to be the best in England, hasn't won the league in 30 years, is top of the league by an uncatchable number of points, and now they might not win the trophy. How galling is that for you? 
Yeah, this realization started to dawn on me quite early on in <laughs> in the in the in the crisis. And don't you know, there are much bigger things going on. I understand that, but as a as a lifelong Red supporter, I started to contemplate. Well, what if the league stops now? What if it never starts again? What if they just award it to us? Will it always be tainted? Um, and at the moment, it is rather all up in the air because they're definitely not going to be doing anything till June at the earliest. And if they do, yeah. they're still talking about doing behind closed doors. And you feel like there'd have to be a lot of football played in a short space of time for the players of all the teams to get any sort of break before they come back to start all over again. So it is quite challenging. Um, although my love for Liverpool Football Club took a little bit of a hit at the weekend mm. when it was in it, initially announced that they were going to take advantage of the government's furlough scheme, um, which quite rightly drew plenty of criticism for a club that made almost 40 million profit in, in the last financial year. Yeah. Um, and has self-professed socialist leanings is probably yes. how, probably best to describe it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and those have only been heightened with things like justice for the 96. Um, yeah. I am pleased that they've reversed that decision they have apologized but it was an ill thought out business decision rather than remembering that it's a football club um yeah. so i said i'm glad they have reversed the decision but i was a bit ranty about it on twitter <laughs> on on saturday night i have to admit <laughs> But I mean, I know what you said, you know, there are much more important things going on. And, and, and these conversations are not to diminish, you know, the hard work that people are doing, working in the health services and working in supermarkets and everything. What I think for people who are not on the front line that this time does, it kind of brings into stark light how important these kinds of regular routines, Jen, you were talking about music and festivals and gigs and, you know, Martin, you were talking about the football, that these things are, are, are have an importance in our lives that we don't always necessarily realize until they're taken out of it, you know, that yeah. they sort of, you know, the, like Martin, when you when it comes to the regular routine of a weekly game of football or a Wednesday night Champions League game, you know, and then it's gone and then you don't realize that, oh, you know, so much of our, 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 our lives were kind of a function of the things that we enjoy doing the most. I think it's important not to undervalue these things, you know, obviously, you know, there, there are a lot more important things going in the world, but, but it's these things that make us human, it's these things that make life enjoyable. And, you know, I think it's, it's almost, it, it's, it's civilization and it's, it's being able to cling on to as much as we can of, of life as it was before all of this happened. And, you know, it, it may seem trivial to some, but I, I, I don't think it is. I think it's, you know, it's what makes us us, isn't it? Sorry, I was just going to say that, yeah, I, I do agree with that. And uh, obviously, uh, Evan was talking about the bike riding and I know that Mark Dredge on the last show was talking about running. Mm. Again, I do a bit cycling and running are the two things that I do. And in some ways, I feel quite fortunate that my sport of choice and my means of keeping fit is a solid, a pretty solitary endeavor anyway. But again, thinking about things like the football, I'm talking about it from a supporter of a Premier League club, but there's thousands of sporting endeavors that take place in team sports every week by hundreds of thousands of people. And suddenly for them, that's all taken away as well. So going back to what Jen was saying, it's not just me as a watcher because, yeah, you're right, Tuesday or Wednesday night and Saturday and Sunday definitely would have had a bit of a football would have been on my mind. Um, 
but there's lots of people who this was their their social outlet for getting together with people, the fans, you know. So, yes, it's. I think Jen said earlier as well. The everyday has has never again, or hopefully never again, will be taken for granted. Yeah, isn't we it can, funny? Oh, sorry. We can look at you know sports and things as being you know such an outlet to forget about our problems and. It's not like sitting down and watching, you know, a show that's already run four or five seasons and it just doesn't have the same unpredictability, the same thrill sometimes as, you know, watching a um, uh, even like the Masters golf tournament, even if you don't like golf. Yeah, there's just that thrill and the unpredictability of somebody doing the best that they can once in their life where, you know, sitting down and watching you know, the latest season of Breaking Bad. Uh, just catching up with it just doesn't have the same feel to it. Yeah, I saw a lovely um, sign. You know, the kids had made a little rainbow sign that said, hugs will be back. And I was, I was thinking everything I'm, I'm looking at when I'm watching TV, I'm seeing people in cafes, you know, hugging each other or you know, everything suddenly seems wrong. And so it's like, this is what we used to do. Oh, my gosh, look at all those germs going everywhere. And I think it's really important to keep holding on to the fact that, that, that normal life is going to return when, you know, sports will be able to play, be played again. We'll be able to go to the pub again. We'll be able to, 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 to get up, you know, close, hopefully, um, with, with people again. And, yeah, I think you have to keep hanging on to that because sometimes, yeah, just looking around at how we used to do things does seem so alien now. And it's bizarre <laughs> how quickly it's taken yeah. For, for this for this to become normal life it's just you know it, it, this whole past month seems to have gone at snail pace yeah it's uh, amazing how much transformational events you can fit into the space of a couple of weeks isn't it yeah i mean from a business side of things you know the decisions that we've had to to, to make you know like, like any any business person any, anyone in a, in a family as well i think you're taking these enormous life-changing decisions but you're having to make them so quickly you know, these are the things you'd usually take weeks, you know, doing pros and cons lists, all sorts of things. But it's basically like, well, this has happened. So what are we going to do tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. And I think your optimism towards looking to a post-COVID-19 or coronavirus return to some form of normality kind of led me to my to the question that I posed to the three guests before we came on, which was, where are you? Where's the first place you're going to go back to once we're allowed outside and return to some sort of normality? The the answer I would I'm going to give you two answers. I'll just it won't take too long. The first one would have been I would have looked forward to getting back into London again, because that's where I was born, that's where I grew up, and that's where I work. And especially some of the weather we've had recently, to have gone for a run along the South Bank of the Thames early in the morning uh, before work would have been an absolute joy. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but the first thing I'm going to do. Uh, when I get when we're allowed to socially interact again, is a very good friend of mine lost his partner at the weekend, and I am gutted that I can't be there to give him a, a manly hug, a pat on the back, mm. and have a beer with him. And as soon as I can, that's exactly what I will be doing. Well, that's it's incredibly tough for those kinds of things right now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And sorry to bring it down a little bit, but I, I, I've listened to your other shows and I knew that someone had to do that bit at some point. No, no, no. You're absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, you're right in your prerogative, Martin. Uh, Evan, maybe do you have do you have something to which you're looking like a, a place or a, a thing that you want to do when 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 all this is done? Um, I think that there's a place in town that 
always comes to mind when I think about outdoor activities. They always have free uh, concerts in the summertime. And it's just one of those choice places to go to, to meet up with lots of people in town. Uh, it's the kind of bar that's run by three young uh, local entrepreneurs, and they've made quite uh, a name for themselves just being out there for the community. They've got the kind of tap wall that is just pour your own. So they have 16 different things you can choose from, but going, grabbing that, sitting down and, and listening to some live music. I've really missed live music. Uh, mm -hmm. There were a couple concerts on the agenda for the summer that you know, really got nixed in a hurry. So seeing live music and having a good pint um, with uh, with my wife and some other friends sounds about the best thing right now. Yeah, sounds pretty good. What about you, Jen? I know you're not going to be able to get to go to Glass Glastonbury this year, but surely there's something somewhere you're going to look forward to for your first pint. Well, yeah, I mean, I remember going, what was it, uh, 2005 with the 7-7 bombings in London and it was it was a weird day, you know. It was just it was bizarre. No one knew what was happening. Everyone was very scared. Uh, we I went back to to my flat and we were just like, "What do we do?" Like, well, I guess we'll go to the pub. And we went down to the <laughs> pub, um, the White Horse on 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 Brixton Hill, and everyone was there. And it was the most amazing feeling just to see everyone. We just needed to to hug each other and drink a pint and drink another pint and hug each other again. And I remember the DJ played um, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On and pretty much the whole pub just burst into tears and hugged each other. And so I will be going to – normally I would have said I would have gone to the old nun's head, but Nick, our landlord, has just moved to Margate. So in that case, I'm going to go to uh, local up the road, the Gowlet, and just hug a lot of people. I think I'll probably be doing something – And drink a pint, yeah. I was just going to say I think probably – It'll be finding finding the nearest terrace, sitting down, having a nice glass of Taras Taras Bulba or Zinnabir or something, and just exhaling. I think um, is probably what I'm going to be doing. But uh, we're getting towards the end of this show. Um, and what I always like to do as we get towards the end is give the guests an opportunity to sound off on something that has either irritated them or that they found reassuring on social media or in their new sort of routines that they're experiencing is you know, the way we do things right now is, is different as we were just talking about. Um, for me, I don't actually have much this week. I, I was very lucky that I had some time. The children gave me some time today to cook, which was nice to get out of my head for a little while. Has any has anybody got anything else that, they, that they've seen that has irked them or encouraged them? Uh, a little bit of two things uh, kind of tied in the same is as stressful and as hard as this is on all of us and adults and businesses, looking at how our kids and children respond to this is just a completely different experience, um, not only to help them through it, but to help them understand. Uh, there's a lot of my neighbors who are continuing to allow like their kids to play with all the other neighbor kids where you could see up to three or four uh, families of children playing together, whereas we continue to tell my kids, you know, this is what the reality is. This is why we're doing this. Um, but it's it's great to also, as frustrating as that is, it's great also to see my three kids continue to develop stronger bonds within themselves. It's so great that they have other siblings to play with. And I think they've found new ways to uh, interact with each other and make it through this. Well, we decided we weren't going to work yesterday. <laughs> we wanted a day off. So we've made it really hard for ourselves, which is why I was delivering up until about 
15 minutes before this podcast started but um you know it was a sunny day in london yesterday it was it was it was wonderful out there nice and warm that kind of really optimistic day that says that um that good things are on the way and they are it's just going to take a bit longer than normal but um yeah i i sat out in a in our tiny little back garden in a patch of sun and um just laughed at the fact that that our cat had invited a couple of friends over um which is kind of weird to see three cats in your back garden but obviously <laughs> just just blissfully unaware that you know social distancing is a thing um they all just sat there the three of them chilling out in the sun and i thought gosh what a nice state of affairs it would be to be a cat right now yeah so long as they don't have coronavirus either, you know. <laughs> well, we'll see, I guess. But, um, it can happen to a tiger in Bronx Zoo. Who knows? Exactly. God knows what was happening to that poor tiger. Uh, what, about, <laughs> what about what about you? What, what about you, Martin? Anything uh, as as the last the last person? Anything you have on your mind? Uh, nothing's uh, irked me. I have to admit. That, I mean, this weekend I did manage to get out for a bike ride early doors both days, and I was pleased to see that at least in my uh, neck of the woods here in South Essex in the UK that I didn't see anyone taking advantage in the wrong way of the very nice spring almost summer like weather and I did come home with a a smile on my face that finally maybe we are starting to to realize the seriousness of the situation and we're, we're taking it to heart and we are starting to adhere to it um, I, you know, I, this weekend, as Jim was saying, it's beautiful. I mean, I, I had to admit, and also having been someone who in the, in their past lives has lived in a flat and has gone, oh yeah, I'm fine. I don't need something. I can just go outdoors when I want, if I want open space. Um, I had to admit, it's given me a bit more of an appreciation for the small bit of back garden I have got, because I can just step out there when it's nice and take a break from the computer. So uh there's definitely been some positives about the small things in life for me great on that positive note uh, we're going to wrap up uh, before we do though a chance for my three guests today to plug or promote anything that they have going on and uh, maybe we can go in reverse order martin you just went so if you want to let people know where they can find the podcast yeah so um it's all under beer o'clock show opinions on uh twitter facebook and instagram and if you want a little bit of variety, i.e. a bit of Doctor Who, football and James Bond, you can find you can find me at Beer is the Answer on Twitter. And Jen, where can people find information about how to order from you if they're living in London for Hotburns and Black? Yeah, absolutely. You can be living in London or indeed anywhere around the UK. We deliver wherever ah. you are. Um, you can go to hopburnsblack.co.uk. Um, while you're there why not pick up a copy of our book, uh, The Beer Lover's Table, written with the wonderful Claire Bullen. It is uh, many, many recipes, beautifully paired with food. Um, the credit is all Claire Bullen's. She is an amazing writer, um, but it will give you something to do. You've, we've all got time on our hands. Um, cook, cook and drink. I'll, uh, I'll tell Claire when she's on the podcast later in the month, she's not allowed to promote the book. It's already happened. <laughs> <laughs> and Evan, where yeah. can I find Pints and Provisions? You can go on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Pints and Provisions. Um, yes, we're very beer-centric, but we also delve into the realms of uh, food, coffee, uh, bourbon, mixed drinks, all the kind of things that you know, make us a little bit uh, obsessive about some of these smaller things that right now seem to be getting us through. So uh, all the podcasts are available on anywhere you pretty much get your podcast. so just like yours, Owen. Great. Um 
before I go, just a quick mention, because I forgot to say what I was drinking, and I always like to give the locals a bit of a boost. I'm drinking a Lievre IPA from Les Source, which is a brewery 10 minutes from my house. Uh, if you live in Brussels, they're delivering, and you can pick up beers to go on Saturdays and Sundays. But for now, uh, thanks to my three guests, Jen, Evan, Martin. Um, take care of yourselves, stay safe, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, on. And that's it for today's episode of Cabin Fever. Many thanks to our guests and to all you listeners out there. If you enjoyed today's show, do make sure to subscribe and we'd really appreciate it if you'd give us a review on whatever podcast platform you're using. Until the next time.